A very warm welcome to our Climate and Sustainability Trailblazers podcast with me, Emily Faramond. Today we're exploring the topic of credibility and transparency of sustainable finance products and delving deeply into the topic on everyone's lips, greenwashing. I'm delighted to be joined by Wendy Huell from Santander and Natalia Samana from Varinga. Welcome both and thank you for joining me to discuss this important topic. Thank you. Thank you. Let me come to you first, Wendy. Can I ask you to introduce yourself and tell us about your personal and professional interest in sustainability? Good morning, Emily and Natalia, and thank you so much for inviting me onto this amazing podcast. I've already listened to the previous episode with Rishi and Tom, and it's a set of shoes to follow in, but it's um, really exciting, slightly nervous. About me, about my passion for sustainability, um, it probably starts as a 13-year-old girl who was given as a birthday present a ceramic bedside lamp, which was an elephant. And ever since then, I have absolutely adored anything to do with elephants. I've collected over 300. Husband says about 450. He should know he's the one who normally cleans them or prints the pictures. Um, and I'm absolutely fascinated with the wildlife and everything to do with looking after the environment. From a professional aspect, though, I have been involved throughout my corporate banking career in working with businesses and really understanding their journey. So I think before the word sustainability ever became into our language, I've really wanted to understand every single component part of the business and actually how it impacts the people that are in those businesses, the consumer, the journey, and how we actually support them. And over the last 10, 20 years, I've been involved in a number of social projects, whether it's with business in the community, working with young people, looking at education, improving diversity and inclusion for young people, and just really working on that whole holistic area. So that's now culminated probably in the best job of my life, of my career. I'm extremely privileged and humbled and overwhelmed with actually heading up in the corporate commercial bank being in charge of ESG and climate change. And to me, that's really very, very important. It's not just looking at how we deal with the climate emergency, but how we look at it in a really responsible, sustainable manner. Wow, that's a fantastic introduction, Wendy, and wonderful to hear about your personal passion and how you've translated it into what you do on a day-to-day basis. Um, And I know that many of us feel the same about the privilege we have to be able to do this every single day of our of our working lives. And Natalia Samano joins us from Baringa. So thank you, Emily, for having us here today. My name is Natalia Cermeño, and I work uh, as part of the Baringa team in sustainable finance. My background is in investment banking, and I have been helping banks stru- structure uh, products and for capital markets specialist in fixed income for almost 20 years. And my interest in sustainability developed over time when I realized there was a need from investors telling us they wanted to actually invest in sustainable products and there was not enough offer to suit that demand. And I started thinking about it and I realized that's not enough. That was like a niche. And then I started looking at the wider aspects of climate change and social aspects. And that got me into sustainable finance as a whole. From a personal perspective, I have always been interested in the social aspects of it. 
and I was a volunteer before I came to London around 20 years ago in Spain with fair commerce initiatives. But if I'm honest, once I came to London, started working in banking, I put that a bit aside. And it was only when the pandemic started that I got involved with, with charities and I wanted to add more to the community. So to me, this is the obvious choice to be working on professional side, helping finance, and then on a personal side, doing what you can for the community. And I also think it's very important to educate, to be a role model for the next generations to come and ensure that uh, you know, we, we use circularity, we reuse, we recycle uh, as much as we can on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'm, I have a passion for those, for those aspects too. Great, thanks Natalia for sharing that. Um, so today we're gonna to talk about sustainable finance and the role that it has to play in supporting the transition to net zero. I guess I wanted to come to you first, Wendy, to get your thoughts on that. It's a very big part that it will play in supporting all businesses and the consumer in the journey to net zero. I think though it is the solution and it's the important part of the sustainable finance is how we work with our clients, with our prospects in understanding their own sustainable journey. And then the importance of that is the education side of it and how we as professionals, and we are all learning, learning every single day with the support of people like yourselves in Baringa and with other consultants as to how we bring that subject to the clients in what is a very difficult time at the moment, whether it's the situation in Ukraine, the cost of living crisis, the rising energy prices, and how we actually support the client in looking at the steps that they're going to need to take on this journey and it is a very big journey you know we know what the goal is to get to net zero to prevent temperatures rising above one and a half degrees since the industrial revolution but how we actually do that there is no straight line i don't think any of us have the exact answers much as we would absolutely love to so it's really understanding what's important to the clients and starting to work at it on a very simplistic basis, breaking it down and looking at each component part, but then looking at the consequences of every action that we take to ensure that it's done in a sustainable manner. So the sustainable finance to me provides a massive framework for us to support our clients on that journey. Fantastic. Um think you're going to talk to us a little bit more about how you're supporting some of your clients yes. as we go through this and it's, it's really interesting to see the fantastic role that, that Santander is playing in, in supporting in particular your commercial banking clients in that space and Natalia what about your point of view kind of the, what are you seeing in the market in terms of the both the role sustainable finance has to play but also why is it so important yeah so I mean, if you think of financial institutions, I, I think they have, and they have always had, and sometimes for good reason, a very bad press, but, uh, and it's very easy to go, if you want and go against them, but the, the other way to look at it is they have a lot of power, they have a lot of influence, and it's actually where the money is. We, we like it or not, what your personal view is, it almost doesn't matter. The, the reality is they have a lot of power, but they also have a big responsibility. And I think that's the way I look at them is the fact that they can channel the finance and they can decide, they have 
a massive influence on how it gets done and, and why. So it's a matter of working with, uh, with those banks, with those financial institutions to actually use this for the better, the, the funds. But also, you know, if you think generically bankers like the challenge, and I mean, what bigger challenge we have than putting this world right in the future. So I think, you know, it's a big thrill to be able to, to work on this. And, you know, in a way, I think we are all talking about, about sustainable finance, but the biggest compliment that you could have through time is that there's no such a sustainable finance world because all the all the all this finance is sustainable and that's it there's no differentiation between mainstream and sustainable and that's the end goal is to have a mainstream which equals to sustainable in the future i couldn't agree with you more natalia it's it's a, a massive responsibility as well you know we have to get this right i think you know i was the banker during the financial crash i've seen re historical recessions um, and have seen the role that banks had played up to that point. I think there has been an amazing change since the pandemic and during the pandemic and working with all of my colleagues through that period as to how we developed amazing partnerships with our clients, really understanding every single component part of their business, working out what support we could give them. And it was support, you know, ensuring that we were there to support them not just with the finance, but understanding them, working through, understanding the trials and tribulations of working from home, how you get your products to where they need to be, the transport and logistics. And I think that partnership that has developed since the pandemic and during the pandemic and where we are now, we have to take forward. We have to take forward as a responsibility. We're a facilitator. It's interesting as to whether the owners should be totally on the financial sector but we have a significant impact to play and if we work as a collective and ensuring that how we go about educating clients supporting them getting them to understand this whole new lexicon of sustainability so there's new risks that are out there we've got the physical risks whether it's the acute or the chronic risk from the changes in the climate or how do you do the transition risk how do you do the migration from all of these diesel or petrol vehicles into the electric vehicles. How do you get the solar panels on the roofs if the roofs don't have the great infrastructure that they should do? How do you deal with the rising energy costs at the moment as to what can they do? And where do they get those products from? Are they coming from China? Are they coming from Asia? And now we've got this big, big challenge in the respect of what's happening in Ukraine with regards to all of the different aspects in respect of food, in respect of the energy, and how do we manage that and support the businesses? And I think one of the things that we have to do is keep it simple. It is it, it, something that I was taught many, many years ago as a very young banker by, by one of my clients who really had the acronym, you know, the KISS acronym, keep it simple for the stupid. It's really important to me. We break it down into small pieces and we start understanding what's really important to the client and how we support with that. And also from a sustainability point of view, we've seen that, you know, there is now a situation where there is almost full employment. So young people, older people, those that have retired who may want to come back to work, they want to work for businesses that have got a really good understanding of purpose and are doing things in the right way and 
wanting to help society so that we all pull together and really make a difference. Uh, I think that's where sustainable finance really encapsulates all of that. You know, when looking at the E, it's looking at what the impact is on the climate, but making sure that the work that's done on that climate actually doesn't end up having an impact elsewhere, either in the UK or further afield across the world. You know, the social side of it, looking at the diversity, the inclusion, perhaps improving digital skills, improving financial skills. We're so proud of our partnerships with Santander Universities, 86 universities we partner. If you want to learn more about sustainability, we're supporting um, over a thousand people to go and get a certificate in sustainability, understanding all the issues around the green agenda. So there's lots of things that businesses can do. And it's really important as to how we build in also the governance of all of this. Getting it right is very, very important. I think that's really interesting, Wendy. You've outlined there a lot of challenges that your clients are facing into and really a complex web of things that they need to try and work through in order to make what we could call the most sustainable um, decisions for their businesses. I guess it must be really challenging for them to navigate that. And I guess there's a critical role for you to play. And you've talked a little bit about that around how you're helping them to, to address some of those challenges and also the opportunities, right? Let's not forget about those. I guess credibility is critical in this market. And we see a lot of noise specifically about that and avoiding what could be termed greenwashing. Um, I guess, how do you work with clients to satisfy yourself that you're not accidentally potentially um, financing something that isn't quite as sustainable as you might like it to be, or others might view it as greenwashing? How are you navigating that? Because that feels quite complex and challenging. It certainly is. And I know this is something that Rishi and Tom raised on the last podcast. And it, it is vitally important to anybody that's involved in finance, but all to the businesses that we work with as well. We have launched what's called the Santander Sustainable Finance Classification System, and it sets out exactly what we consider to be green, what we consider to be social, and it really provides the framework. It is based because we are part of the Santander group around the EU green taxonomy, but we've gone further because we've already started to build out the social element as well. That's very specific. So if a client says to us that they would like a green facility or a social facility, we're actually looking at it and saying, right, what's the purpose of this facility? If it's to, say, put some solar panels on the roofs, then that's to improve their energy, to improve their carbon footprint. Then we will then say the use, that is the energy, it meets our purpose. And then the use of proceeds would be to buy those solar panels. But we don't leave it just there. We will be looking to check that the solar panels are still generating the right renewable energy year on year for the time of that facility. And that, that's, that provides one example of looking at it from a very specific use of proceeds. The other area is around the sustainability link lending. For that framework, we're looking at how does the client set up their sustainability strategy? How have they actually pulled it together? Have they put in place a materiality map? These are 
new words, new lexicons that are coming out. But there's some really great frameworks and indices. And whilst they do apply to the large corporates, I believe that any business could actually look at these and get great guidance from them. They use things like the MSCI index and matrices. They use the GRI, Global Reporting Index. They're using the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board. We're also going to see later on this year and next year the introduction of transition plans. Again, this will apply to the larger businesses, to banks such as Santander. But I think that we will be able to look at them and say, this is a great template. We can find a way to see how this would apply to whether you are a large corporate or whether you're actually a, an SME or a sole trader. How do they go about that transition in an orderly fashion in a sustainable manner? But I think by putting those frameworks around and understanding exactly what's important to the business, where they're going to go and creating that map and that journey. And it won't be a straight line journey. We know it won't. There will always be kinks in, in the road. It will be like a river trying to work out which is the right way to go. It will hit hurdles and bumps. But as long as we're getting there, that will be very, very important. And those that get to, buy, you know, to net zero by 2030, that's brilliant. And what we need to do is take the education from those clients and, uh, and share that working collectively with other clients to show them how businesses go about this. Thanks, Wendy. That's great insight there. And, and Natalia, is there anything you wanted to add from the work you've been doing with clients on this topic? Yeah, I totally agree with Wendy. And the same as Santander has embarked uh, on the sustainable finance uh, classification system. We have seen all the big banks uh, putting in place uh, these frameworks. As, uh, as I said, the next stage uh, is moving away from uh, sustainable finance into transition finance. But also, this is not just for the big guys. We are seeing the smaller banks and the smaller entities also starting to look at this journey. And I think it's two ways. It's a pull and a push. So on one hand, the banks have committed publicly and they want to deliver. They, I think they genuinely want to deliver change. I think uh, the pandemic has humanized banking in a way and has actually shown that there's a massive role to play. And now is the time to actually go and deliver. And there's the push from the, from the regulators. So in a way, I think a regulation is another word is, that has a bad press potentially coming from, from the bankers. It's the opposite way. Is a, that tension between regulation and banking. But I actually think regulation can be a massive uh, catalyzer for change and to help uh, the banks. So I think EU has done a lot of great work on the taxonomy, looking at social now, but the UK is also going to follow those steps and globally other jurisdictions that are looking at them. So I think between the pull and the push of bankers wanting to do the right thing and then the regulator helping bankers do that right thing, I think we are really set uh, for a good journey in that sense. Wendy and Natalia, many thanks for your time. I've massively enjoyed the discussion and that brings us to the end of part one. Looking forward to continuing our discussion in part two of this podcast. 